0: Recruiters,
1: reduce your cost per candidate by about 50% with CareerBuilder. We connect you to qualified, diverse candidates at every stage of the hiring funnel. CareerBuilder Talent Acquisition Suite. Software packed with talent. Visit hiring.careerbuilder.com forward
0: slash recruit. Hello, you have reached the Mouse and Weens podcast. This is Episode 78, Season 3. And today we get together and talk about folklore in our childhood Uh, Are these stories that were real? How do we remember them? Why? Who was this godmother person? What is her connection to the Empire State Building? We have a lot of questions, so we get our mom on the phone to uh, give us the truth, and it ends up being a big competition between sisters at the end. So take a listen. And if you guys didn't already know, my sister is an amazing musician. You've got to stay till the song at the end. This one is so good. Go to our website, www.mouseandweens.com, for all of our links and show notes. And please just follow us on social media and tell your friends. This is the number one way that we get out there. We appreciate everything. Remember, you can go on patreon.com slash mouseandweens to listen to this episode ad-free. And we hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Here we go.
1: Mouse and Weens Mouse and Weens Mouse and 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 and Mouse and
0: and Hi Welcome Hi to Mouse and Weens we have another guest. We're doing lots of guests during this quarantine. We've decided it's a fun way to go. I'm Mouse. I'm the mom one down in San Diego. Who else is here? Raise your hand. We're on YouTube also. We're doing a video. Hey, me. Who's me?
2: I'm the mom of Mouse and Weens. <laughs> I birthed both of you.
0: Yay. It's our mom, Joyce. She's here live from Idaho
1: and Weens. Hi, I'm also here. Representing the Idaho, she's got a cool shirt that says Idaho (laughs) across her chesticles. Oh, yeah, that's right, entirely video.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yay, everybody looks so nice. We are we decided to all come together because Weens and I were chit chatting about our childhood and we were recalling some funny memories and wanted to get mom's first hand point of view on. Some of our good stuff but yeah so we're gonna go into some old stories
1: Mom, you guys are great this is the family that i love and i remember you guys from when i was a child also <laughs> which brings us back to the point i like to stay on uh on topic um <laughs> mom what was it like being delivering that young tot uh at the ranch house okay we did not deliver what?
2: her at Wait. the ranch house. We delivered you at the ranch house, too.
1: Oh, yeah, you weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> you were in Arizona. Yeah. Do you want to direct this interview? Uh, I'm sorry. Right. I'm going to stay in the background. in a hurry. <laughs> I've been writing. I'm very weird in my brain. Okay, go ahead. All
2: right. So what my notes were about was your godmother, Dee Raskop.
1: Yeah,
2: me to tell you the whole story that goes with her.
0: Yeah, yeah. So let's set the scene. So it's about
2: 1976. Five in 75. Okay, your dad and I went to the University of Arizona. He then went and played some pro ball and he was playing against the Oakland Raiders. He had occasion to go out into the East Bay. And so he called pro ball means football with who football with New York Jets, mm-hmm. and I was in Long Island, and he called me, and he goes, "I found this really pretty town called Danville, California. I think you and I should live there, so that precipitated our whole move to Northern California. We were living in a little tiny apartment. uh your dad wanted to." get out of the apartment because he's big and it was a little tiny apartment and we wanted to live in the country. So we drove around out in the country and we found this huge house on top of this mountain. And we decided whoever lived in that house probably had other places. And so your dad drove up to the top of this mountain and dropped me off on the front porch and he went down the mountain and left me there, and I was super pregnant with you, Julianne. Like you weighed eleven pounds and nine and a half ounces, so even at seven and how big are you? Uh,
1: right now I'm shrinking <laughs> five. <laughs> I- five two so yes. I was. A very large, so he left you there right. to do the dirty and work because be you're a pregnant woman and it would look <laughs> more desperate. Healing. Uh, so I
2: knocked on these humongous doors that were like 10 feet tall, all hand carved from the Philippines. And I heard this little pitter patter, pitter patter. And the door opens, and on the other side is D Rascal. And she goes, Yes. And I go, Hi, hi my name is Joyce. And, we want to live in the country and do you have any place that we might be able to rent from you and she looked at me and we sat down on the front porch together and we started talking and it was a solid hour of her just talking and visiting with me and she goes yes I have a little house down on the flat on the ranch, so I said we'll take it. And she goes, "Well, it's kind of really run down." And I said, "That's fine. I'll work on it. Whatever it takes to get out into the country." So we went home. Your dad picked me up, or actually, I walked down the mountain a little ways and met your dad. Then we went.
1: Home. <laughs> I am really upset <laughs> about this. She called news, me by the, the next
2: day, and she said. I would like for you to come back out to the ranch and bring your husband, so I did. And instead of going down to this little crummy farmhouse, we turned right onto this nice driveway. And she had just built her daughter a house, but the daughter didn't want to live there. And she took me into it and said, what do you think of this house? And I burst out in tears. And then she started crying and then we hugged each other mm-hmm. and she goes, you can live here and it'll cost you $200 a month. Mm-hmm.
1: And that was it. So that's how we ended up on the ranch. Was that cheap at the time or was that expensive? No,
2: that was real affordable. Okay. She could have gotten tons of money for it. Cause it was, you know, on 100, 160 acres, 230 acres was what it was. Really? So.
1: And yeah. there was a ranch on the top of a hill, and I remember it was surrounded by, we had a little uh, racetrack, a horse stable at the bottom, and it was, it was very country. Yeah. Very fancy actually. It had
2: a swimming pool for racehorses. So they had a ramp that they could put the racehorses in. It had a quarter mile track for exercising. It had round pins and hot walkers and the whole thing. And she had bought that ranch for her daughter. And her daughter decided she didn't want to have anything to do with horses. And in the meantime, her husband passed away. So she was on this huge ranch with all this horse facility and nobody to help her with it. So who was her
1: husband? Because he was kind of a famous guy. So
2: backing up, her father-in-law was John Jacobs Cobb. And he, uh, their family was from Delaware, as were the DuPonts and the Astors. And they um, all lived together. They took up the whole state of Delaware, basically. And they were all the huge magnets that built all the U.S. steel and all the big buildings. And the way that he got into it family were Germans. He was a secretary. He went to work for DuPont as a secretary, but he was such a financier that he invested all of his money and DuPont's money in all these really solid investments and ended up making millions and millions of dollars. So that's how he got into the business and he ended up building the Empire State Building himself and he was one of the
1: principals in u.s steel um he is probably a hard job with one did he have a lot of nails (laughs) and a belt i'm just kidding i'm sorry by himself but he
2: what he did though he built it he they said that he took a pencil and put it on its eraser end and then leaned back in his chair and decided how tall he wanted the building. And his architect was there. And he said, can you build me the tallest building in the United States? I want it this tall. And the architect went to work and they did it. But it was right before the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. So after it was all done, nobody moved in. And so they called it uh, the empty state building instead of the Empire State Building, wow. and then of course he's turned around, and he filled it up and um, became just humongously rich, and he ended up being the chairman of the Democratic National Convention,
1: wow. and
2: he himself funded Alfred J. Smith, who was the running the the guy who ran against Theodore Roosevelt oh wow and roosevelt one is that the right roosevelt franklin delano i don't remember which roosevelt it was but anyway fdr (laughs) yeah the whole point of this was he became very rich his friends were the Astors and the duponts so they all lived on the same highway in delaware they came from huge catholic families the he robert was one of 13 children. The DuPonts had 15 children, the Astors had 12. And they would all get together on Friday nights in a barracks and they would have pillow fights. Mm -hmm. And the uh, nannies and the butlers would wait for these kids and there would be like 30, 35 kids with pillow fights and they would fill the whole barracks with feathers. And then the kids would all separate and go their merry way. And the and this is a story from Dee. They would go, the maids and the nannies and the butlers would go and collect all the feathers and put them back in pillows for the next Friday night.
0: Oh, my gosh. Isn't that the cutest? How funny. And So they
2: wouldn't sew up the ends of the pillows very well. They would just make them to where when they started beating, all the feathers would fly. And that was one of the best memories that Robert Raskob had. His whole mm. life with the pillow fights in the barracks. Isn't that cool? And then they moved to California. Um, they, the Rascop family had silver mines in Nevada, that was one of their big uh, investments. So Dolores D was raised by um, a foreman on the railroad, the Southern Pacific Railroad. And her mom was a little French lady, first generation, barely spoke English. And can I just love. say,
0: D Dolores always reminded me of um, kind of like Meryl Streep or something. She has that real angular face, kind of that thin yeah, I nose. think
1: she looks like Faye Dunaway. Yeah, yes. brown haired. Yeah, kind of like
2: flatter features with a real aquiline nose.
1: Yeah.
0: So
2: you're right. Anyway. Um, she, very pretty, very uh, fit, and she, her dad, they. she was raised in a boxcar. Hmm. The railroad would just pull their trains off a siding, and the foreman would hire all the Hispanics to work on the railroad, and uh, Asians, Chinese, and they built the railroad systems, and Dee was just raised in a train car and her mom was this little french lady and she cooked in a little tiny um what did they call them hot plates she only had hot plates to cook on but still did french cuisine so d was super fluent in both french and spanish because all of her friends were the kids of the workers who were laying the tracks And um, so she was very, very humble raised very frugally no money at all and she went to work in a little Nevada town and I think it was Tonopah, Nevada and she was working in a hardware store and she was on a ladder reaching screws or nails or whatever and Robert Raskob came walking in he had been at his silver mine And he walked into this hardware store and he looked up and saw her and he goes, I want to, I want to get to know her. And she flounced down and she was always very, uh,
1: well, coiffed,
2: secure, very, yeah. And coiffed (laughs) and they kind of hooked up and she had no idea that she was marrying a billionaire. Right. they ended up getting married in the Royal Hawaiian Hotel in Oahu, the Pink Hotel, the old one. That's where her wedding was. And um, they came back to California. Her, I remember setting the table with her many times at the ranch house. Her fancy, she had a butler's pantry and she had a table that seated. Money, and I'd be helping her put down her silverware and it was all hand done from her own silver mine in Nevada and it had their initials and the Raskob silver mine on the back and it was like whoa and all of her hollowware was from her uh, silver mine and then... They, when they moved to California, they wanted to get involved in charity and they were uh, very involved in Catholic charities anyway. So Robert went over to Holy Names College in, is that, it must be Piedmont maybe, it's in the Bay. And... um, found little children were not being taken care of for uh, disabled children from third grade to eighth grade. So he built them their own school and funded everything. And that's how Dee was always involved in the Catholic Charities
0: through Holy Names College. Yeah, they call it Holy Names University and it's listed in Oakland. Oakland
1: okay so right on this border there and she must have given uh, millions of dollars to them right you know it was
2: interesting he did the whole building and then they would do fundraisers so I don't know how much he did out of pocket but then he passed away and Dee wanted to stay real involved in it so she um was always finding clothes to give to them or doing fundraisers or having black tie events and on that note black tie one time we had to do this big fancy black tie in san francisco and i was engaged to denny i think i was engaged and he was That's the cowboy yes he was looking so style and he had his black hat and a tuxedo shirt and a morning coat on and so cool. And we get to this black tie affair and he has an occasion to lean back in his chair and D reaches over and whacks the back of his chair to sit him forward. Again. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of, whoa. And then as it proceeded, he put his elbows on the table and she reached over and whacked his tables and cakes, kitchen. Your- Elbow's off the (laughs) table. And so he's like, what the? And then they served the first part of the meal, and I think it was a salad. And he started to each, I mean, to eat. And she reached over with her fork to get like a black olive or something off of his salad plate. And he took his fork, the back of his fork, and whacked her hand. <laughs> he said, you have your own salad. And I'm going, oh, my God. And this is all black tie. You're <laughs> Just going, huh. But she ended up loving the ground he walked on. She just thought he was the best thing ever. But how we made it through that meal, I'll never know. And she
0: sort of uh, attached herself to you as almost like a daughter and you kind of like she was like almost like a mother figure, right? Because you were new and with a baby and me, little me running around. Part
2: of it, I think, she did not have good relationship with her two adopted daughters. They were real connected to her husband and not her. And I never heard the real story why they didn't have their own children, but they couldn't for whatever reason. And I came along right after he had died and she didn't have relationships with her kids
1: and I think it was kind of the perfect match. Mm. And, and why did they, because she, she lived in a pretty, we were all pretty isolated up there. So why would she live there? Why did all of us? Well, because she had that racehorse ring uh, that she had gotten for her daughter.
2: And her husband helped facilitate that. And then she stayed there for, I don't know, two, three years. And then put it on the market. And that's when she moved into town. And that's when we all moved to
1: Fountainhead is when she sold the ranch. Was that devastating to you or were you happy to get out of the country? Well,
2: it was pretty, I mean, it was just you and your sister and me most days. That's, and your dad would go to work and come home. We had one car. We had a moped. We didn't do much. We did hikes and I took the two of you down to Niederholzer's corner, the old school house, and then we'd walk back. And so I was kind of glad to get to go to
0: town. So you were quarantining before it was cool. (laughs) I
2: know. I didn't know any better. I loved it. I had chickens. And you guys, my other two chickens. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oscar the cow. And it was great. I think it was pretty good space to raise you guys in. It was healthy. We were outside
1: all the time. And yeah. Did we get visitors was, at all? His family um, would come, right? Dad's family. Uh huh. And I would
2: make a lot of spaghetti because that was about all we could afford. And every now and then, uh, Mormon missionaries. And one time. I was nursing you and I had the world's biggest boobs and they were always making extra milk. So I shoved like towels down my shirt and waiting for you to wake up because you were always hungry. And I opened the door and there were these two <laughs> missionaries and I had all this towel stuffed down my shirt and I had forgotten because I just walk around with it during the day. Mm-hmm. and they kind of go ah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah not a whole lot of visitors oh
1: that's cute but
2: we'd go down and visit our neighbors and it was good I liked it I liked living there I liked raising you guys there
0: yeah, it, it was, was really cute. How did how was it not having two cars though? I mean, you would. Yeah, we had a we moped. Right. We got that
2: after we were there for quite a while because. If there was an emergency, I didn't have any way to get you guys to a doctor or to an urgent care center. And it kind of got kind of freaky when you guys were real active. And so we got the moped and your dad would take that to work and then come home. and But we had so little money that I didn't spend any time bebopping around in the car because it was gas money. So mm-hmm. I didn't use it all that much. I go to McCullough's and buy you guys some fabric and make your dresses. I know I sound like Little House on the Prairie, but it really was kind of that. These way.
0: are my favorite memories: just being out, like climbing the hill, like little baby Carrie in the in the opening scene of Little House on the Prairie. We had these big grassy hills and picking wildflowers and going for big hikes. Yeah. Um, Use sewing clothes. We had huge live oak
2: trees and the limbs would come down real close to the ground so you guys could climb onto the branches. You didn't have to go up a trunk mm-hmm. to get to climbing territory.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I just w- sat at your feet and would play all day and hike and climb and cook and just a little domestic life. Hey mom, the way you're sitting right now is so cute because the plates behind your head make it look like you have little Mickey Mouse ears on. Do you are you seeing that, Julian? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so she, cute. <laughs> yeah, we could That's we funny. could turn this into a drinking game. Every time mom looks like Mickey, Mickey Mouse, take a drink. All right, everybody. Um <laughs> sorry, derailing. Go That's ahead, funny. Mama. Yeah, and what were some other did okay? I
1: have a question. I remember the Doobie Brothers coming over. Oh, sorry.
0: When
2: we decided to put the house on the market, the Doobie Brothers came up because they needed a studio house, and it was super quiet out there and i don't think they ever put an offer in on it but they were going to use our house where i raised you guys as the studio and then Dee's big mansion on the hill as their actual house house but they ended up selling it to another big racetrack firm Mm. and they turned it into a killer horse Place. Wow, I mean, they really upgraded everything. Do you uh,
1: but, remember the Doobie Brothers? Because that's always fun. I, I thought he put me on his lap, the main Doobie.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember. I don't I'm sorry, but I remember Flea from the Red Hot Chili
1: Peppers coming over. No, t- calling on the phone all the time for you. Oh. <laughs> Did he really? That's so funny. Really? I don't remember that.
2: Are are you sure it wasn't
1: Tree?
0: Tree was my buddy. And Flea was her buddy. Oh.
1: No,
2: it was Flea from Red Hot Chili
1: Peppers. Wow, I'm pretty sure. Stories for another time. (laughs) So,
2: you guys asked me
1: to put together a
2: playlist, so I have it's two pages long and there is no stopping me. I like so the many. The playlist songs. for your funeral? Well, that too, but I was actually going to
1: put it on my phone so I could have it for Carl. Oh, sorry. Cause, sorry. Because we had a conversation about your <laughs> eulogy and all that. Okay. Actually, I was thinking about it. Being part of that celebration, but, but... what if it's just two hours, two pages of songs? So, and then we'll be listening to Gordon Lightfoot. Everyone since. and then she'll, and then we will be listening to Gladys Knight and the Pips. Just for two hours. You better, yeah, leave some
0: please leave really specific instructions so we don't mess this up. Yeah, we need help. We could dress up like the Doobie Brothers. (laughs) What if we got really into it and and I dressed up like Michael McDonald. I had the white hair, the eyebrows, chest hair. At her funeral? Yeah, we could do a whole spectacle. We could do the 1970s playlist in costume. (laughs) You're usurping our mother. No, I'm sorry. Go (laughs) ahead, Mom. Can we do it before I die
2: so I can laugh at you? Yes. Yes. Okay. That would probably be a better... Tuesdays
1: with Mommy! I <laughs> <laughs> was dumb. Sorry, go ahead.
0: You know, keeping up with what's going on in the world can sometimes feel like it's more trouble than it's worth. The news can be scary and make you want to scream. Or there's just simply too much out there to keep up with. But that's why there's the Assorted Goods podcast. It's the amateur's guide to world events, where each episode we take a closer look at a collection of stories that slip through the cracks of the regular news cycle. So find Assorted Goods on whatever podcast app you use and join me in my attempts to learn a little more about the world, one story at a time. Lowe's has all the top gifts for home this holiday, like Craftsman tool storage made in the USA and available in a selection of sizes. Starting at $198. And right now, get a special price on a Lenovo Smart Clock with Google Assistant for just $24.99. Shop gifts in-store or from home on our app and Lowe's.com with free shipping on thousands of items or pick up curbside for contactless service. Valid November 22nd through December 31st. U.S. only. I have such weird little flashy memories from that place, like sitting on the side of the house by the big air conditioning unit and a jumping spider jumping on my finger and biting me and being like, ah, and then losing my first tooth, uh, riding my bike for the first time and learning how to whistle on my sixth birthday. I remember sitting on a log or a rock or whatever it was, or no, I know what it was. It was that big propane tank or whatever. We had out front. I was sitting on that and I taught myself how to whistle out there. That's cute. And it was on my sixth birthday. So I was very proud of
2: myself. Julianne, do you remember your pictures of you in underneath an umbrella? You were dressed
1: in your little raincoat and you were crying. Yes, because I stepped in a puddle and I got wet.
2: (laughs) It was so sad.
1: I was always crying. All my pictures are of you guys laughing and me crying. Why is that? (laughs) My dead frog, everyone in the background, all the adults laughing and me crying with my dead frog. (laughs) Harry Larry, by the way. Harry Larry (laughs) came all the way from Lake Tahoe to Danville. I I can't even talk about it. It's another sad animal death story. (laughs) You were
2: so
1: Mother... Um uh continue. <laughs> I forget. Do you have any more stories on your list?
0: I have some photo memories. We like to flip through the photo book and have memories. I remember uh, Dad bringing home a big laminated board from school where he worked as a PE teacher and running a hose down it and making it into a water slide. Oh, yeah. so we had our we had two we had the mud slide that actually went down into a ditch he dug and filled with water. So it was real mud. But then he made the other one that went into a big baby pool of some sort. And I just remember being traumatized and like staring at the picture of Julianne because (laughs) we realized the best way to slide down this water slide was bare skin. But you would wear, (laughs) you had a little t-shirt on Julianne and dad took a picture from behind. So it's just you sitting there on the top of the slide in a t-shirt with your bare butt and the way it was like squished and it made like little baby cellulite. I remember just staring at that picture. You've always been like that. (laughs) Staring at the butt picture,
1: fascinated. What were those dimples? So many of them. (laughs) You have always been like that. You're obsessed with people and like weird, like pock marks on their legs or dimples on their butts or like weird veins in their fingers, always what's wrong I do? with you? i don't know it's i can a, a i can it's
2: a physiology
0: maybe yeah i can totally remember everybody's hands i remember grandma and grandpa's hands grandma Carter's or grandpa ah all the grandparents i just remember their hands like staring at yeah the veins and
1: and you probably stared like this this is what i remember my whole childhood staring and then this face <laughs> her nose is kind of squinched up my whole childhood growing up
0: her mouth was turned down like a disgusted looking down her nose face
1: stink face just a yeah like a horrifying stink face my whole childhood
2: anyway um i have one last story
1: okay do tell
2: um we had chickens do you remember those chickens
0: Let's talk about the chickens. This just came out the other day and Julianne didn't believe me. Yeah, talk about the chickens.
2: Okay, so we had chickens and um, we had a dog run and that's where we kept the chickens. And anytime I got a chance, I'd go lay down on the um, chaise lounge outside and you guys would, you know, diddle around and play in the dirt and collect bugs and whatever and one time i had my toenails painted red and they came up we had strawberries and they got the strawberry plants mixed up with my toes and they started pecking on my toenails and you joelle started crying you thought <laughs> that they that they were, were going to eat my toes <laughs> and i didn't want to scare the chickens so i just kind of like move my feet a little bit. And I wanted to run and hug you, but you were devastated.
0: Um, I have had a fear of things nibbling my hands and toes. And I think it was because Shelby that lived down the hill from us told me a story. And we were just four or five. And somebody like ate salami and then fell asleep with their hand off the bed and a rat came and ate their fingers off. Oh, God. So I could never sleep with my fingers or toes off the bed. And so maybe there was a connection there with the chickens. I was like, this is I'm it. sure.
1: It was.
0: She stuck her toes in salami
1: and now it's over. I don't know.
0: It doesn't You make also sense. passed
1: down that story to me. Thank you. So I still can't sleep with my hands or toes. I'm sorry. It's one of those early fears that you can't get rid of. Is it
0: true that we had two roosters and we had to kill a rooster and it yeah. was Jim and dad running around with a dull axe?
1: Yes, Okay. that is true. But they probably thought it was funny because they were. Well, why would you do that? Uh, because uh, roosters
2: were pecking on each other all the time, trying to establish dominance. And did we
1: eat it, though? No. Yes, we did.
0: They gave you one of the dead ones and you plucked the feathers and had to stick it in a pot of boiling water, I thought. And it was tough. You put it in the oven. And I remember everyone saying it was tough.
2: I doubt if I picked any feathers off of it. It might have been delivered to the kitchen and said, why don't we try cooking this? And I had no idea what to do with it. I would imagine that's probably how it went down. Really?
1: All right. You don't have that memory?
2: I don't remember ever picking feathers off of anything
0: really okay maybe i confused it with little house in the prairie <laughs> <laughs> the usual
1: i'm, I'm really I mean, laura
2: after the cow do you remember going down to see him all the time yes julianne do you remember that
1: I, I want to forget because didn't we eat him yeah
2: well we never heard the real story that went with it but then One day, there were packages of beef on the front porch,
1: and Oscar disappeared that same day. Huh? Oscar was Hmm.
2: gone. So, somebody just walked in the door.
1: Oh, is that the cowboy? Make him stick his his mustache. Make him stick his mustache in the frame.
2: Ah! (laughs) He said, "That's the stuff you're going to have to edit." And he's walking out the front door.
1: Put, bring him in here.
0: Tell him. Grab Please. him by his mustache and drag him over.
1: Put that lasso around him. We want to see you. Will you just poke your little head in the corner? He's wandering this way. Right. Oh, boy. OK. This will be the best sighting ever. Get yeah. down, Sam. Yeah, bend down. we got to see your face. Oh, uh, no. no. Cow- cowboy D Cow- I mean, cowboy to your torso. Here. That's not exciting. There's the yellow shirt, that's me. Squat down. Why down are you in the yellow shirt? My Come knee on. Shirt. Um, did he keep going? No. Jenny, come on. There he is. <laughs> Hi. Oh
2: <my> God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's really him. He didn't flip us off or anything. No. Oh. Aww. That's
0: cute. He was standing there. What Did he come in from work or was he coming in from the barn? He
2: said he's COVID 19 nice right now. He uh, came down the driveway when you and I were talking and then he went out to the barn and put the horses. I don't know what he did with the horses, but it's really pretty spring day today. Oh, nice. all my flowers are starting to poke their heads up and a few of them have bloomed. And
0: so Aww, yeah. it's a
1: nice life in Idaho. Mom, you did a
0: great job raising me. Thank you so much. I don't know about this one down here. What
1: about me? I'm kidding. That's terrible to say. Thank you for Mom, putting in all the country time. was I a better time. child than Joelle? Oh, good. I like that she paused. Let's talk about me for a little bit. Mom, who was an easier baby? Uh, you didn't sleep. Still. Um, was I more fun, though?
2: You but then, more of- fun.
1: Was I a better <laughs> hugger?
2: You did love to cuddle. More oh. than this
1: one? <laughs> mm, I don't, yeah, sure. What did I do better than her? <laughs> Anything. Why are you pointing down? I'm up. Just kidding. Uh, you're different everywhere. I know.
2: Um, I'm going to say that you were an entertainer. Mm. You were an entertainer, even as a baby. Like a dork? You, uh, would you laugh you would at say, me or were, with me? Well, you knew that you could get a reaction mm. by doing cute little things, even in your high chair. You would little, 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 like that. So sort of
1: like a trained yeah. seal. This is, nothing's changed much,
2: It's uh, not
1: getting paid for it.
2: So uh, you were always good at that. Mm. Um, really at throwing a ball.
1: Pretty good. Hmm. So all the good skills that like <laughs> don't really go very far in life. that's good.: Good to Fucking know. baby. Sister, do you yeah. want to know anything about yourself?: You are great, apparently. great. I, was
0: great. I, I saved your life one time when you fell in the bathtub.: That's true.: Thank you at
1: the very, Jo
0: you toddled in and you wanted to see what I was doing, and you toddled right over the edge of the bathtub head first, <laughs> and I had to hold you up like like Atlas held up the world and I screamed, "Mama!" <laughs> and you were heavy <laughs> and you were crying <laughs> and wet and I was just my little mousy arms hanging on Aww. to this and I, I thought if I dropped you, you would die, certainly. So we should
1: reenact that photo for the website. <laughs> now (laughs) oh my god that means (laughs) i would have to be naked and um... so would i dripping and wet above your head you weren't naked
0: though you were clothed you came toddling in in your clothes and uh, mom came running around the corner and it probably wasn't a big life-saving act but boy you made me feel like i saved her life like i was a first responder you made such a big to-do and i was so proud of myself I did so. save
2: her life and we're going to stick with that
0: story.
1: So Weans, I like it. You owe me one.
2: Got that, Julianne? Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I've been hearing that from about that age on <laughs> a lot of years of that story. Thank you again. Now I can finally perform my high chair for the rest of my life. I'm so glad I was saved. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Working well.
0: Thanks, the, guys. The high chair act, for those of you that only have audio, is her blinking oh. and banging her head in an odd, odd way while sticking her tongue in and out. That was the move <laughs> of a, a high, the school tongue in and high school out. high chaired weans. Kind okay. of like a little frantic frog licking at a fly. <laughs>
1: right. blinking when did you can we when were you the most angry at my sister did you ever scream at her i really came out like looking like a bad kid here i want to find some of your flaws
2: wonderful julianne you provided tons of fun in our
1: life and still are her mouth is
0: open and she's looking up at the ceiling she's so proud of herself
1: (laughs) No, but really, did that, was she ever a little stinker, that one? She pulled some fast ones. I knew it. Not uh, very often. <laughs> a little shady, right?
2: Yeah, no. She, You guys are both really easy to be with. So one time in Fountainhead, you decided you were not going to tell me the truth. And me? I, Yes, you were about five years old. And I remember the wallpaper on your wall. Me? Yeah. No, Julianne.
1: Yeah. And so, was so excited I- we found something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I told you I did the you know mean mama and the rotten stare and all that but honestly Julianne, I don't think you ever told me a fib after that you might have pulled some shenanigans but you never used words to tell me a fib so it
1: worked what did you do to me
0: she oh, probably did this uh, Julianne, Elizabeth with her eyeballs going With left, right, left, right. Oh, what did I do? It was to the so wallpaper. Scary. It was like the boa constrictor, and <laughs> she—that was just a marker of what room you were in. She just remembers the wallpaper. That's why she's saying it was at Fountainhead because she remembers
1: the wallpaper of the room. What's well, that I lied about? <laughs> wallpaper. I do love this purple paisley. <laughs> I do. That I secretly did not i don't know what's happening what about you mom socialize. you always told this
0: you always told the story that i was in the little cubby hole under the stairs the little cut out luggage space or whatever um swearing at all my dolls i tested out all my swear words was that okay. me there i'll give you okay one that, means.
2: Was that was at the ranch oh and you were with Ally
0: in oh. that little
2: closet it was in the hallway And I had taken all the luggage out and turned it into a dollhouse. And so you two would crawl in there, and I heard you saying, both of you were doing, God damn, and I, what? (laughs) And I went and threw open the doors, and you both looked like you were testing it, like you had never, ever said those words before, but you had heard them, so you were trying it out. And you both got in trouble.
0: And that was, I that always was got weird. in trouble with Allie. We, the two of us together. Oh. Yeah, she would push me, and I would push it's her. It's not and...
2: that I put soap on your tongue.
1: Well, I don't. Yeah,
2: you deserve that. <laughs> Allie wasn't there. She was not there. But so I took you in, and I made you stand up on the step at your sink, and I said. You can't talk like that. You were just being sassy, I think. And I had read in Dr. Spock or something, try this soap on the tongue. And I thought, "Well, that's really Okay, we'll try it." <laughs> so, you being such a good little kid, you just stood there with your arms next to your side and I said, "Okay, stick your tongue out." And <laughs> you stuck your tongue out, and I rubbed some soap on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go, hello.
0: <laughs> so what do I do now? She's saying with her tongue out. Oh.
2: So I just poured some water over your tongue. And I said, well, that was really dumb, Joelle. Sorry.
1: <laughs> it was so
2: stupid. But that, you had done something to wear Yeah.
1: I think, yeah, she really did. that make did.
2: you feel good, Julianne?
1: Real good. Thank you. Keep keep them coming. (laughs) Oh, mom, you're such a good mom.
0: We had like Uh, you're a good mom. Yeah, we had like one big spanking to teach us the one big lesson, and that was it. We were pretty we were pretty okay.
2: I didn't. Thank you.
0: No, yeah. But it, there was never a lot. It was always like one big moment and it was very talked about like, OK, now I'm going to spank you because I said that if you do this, there will be a spanking. And it was only like one or two in our whole life. Hey, Mom,
1: did I light the carpet on fire?
2: You and Johnny Morjic did.
1: That was Allie's. OK, and, brother. And but it, was, it wasn't May me, right? May Wei. It wasn't me. I didn't. I wasn't there. So I just heard the story.
2: But I do know that you pooped in the hot tub. Oh right, that's
1: enough. <laughs> now and on that note. <laughs> okay. Let's now it's been lovely having you. Thanks for showing up. Let's go.
0: <laughs> the next episode we're gonna talk about weeds getting back in the dating pool. <laughs>
1: okay, no! <laughs> Don't put me in a pool. I'm like a turtle. I'll just poop. <laughs> I felt good. All right, uh, now let's it's... say thank you.
0: <laughs> yes, thank you, Mom. Love you. You're I the best.
2: You I, I wouldn't have any other daughters but you
1: two. Right. I just want you to know that. And you're special, Julie. Tweedle dork and Tweedled D.
0: <laughs> that was a <laughs> good bad. one. Did you hear Mom call you special? You're special. Oh, no.
2: You were we very special. special.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do that high chair move again and then we'll decide. Oh, we love you. I Bye, love everybody.
1: Love you. All Bye. Thanks for listening. You. We love you, Mom. Well. Thanks for everything. I don't know how to hang out, so you have to do it. Push we'll your leave it. meeting button. It's okay. Really? Let's just don't worry about it. Um, it's okay.
0: <laughs> this is Wait, this is like your, a Saturday Night Live skit.
1: Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening yeah. to Mouse and Weens, everybody. You can find us at www.mouseandweens.com. Uh, thank you for the listeners uh, writing in and f- <laughs> I'm losing my train of thought at mouse and Weens everywhere i'm distracted mom's really leaning into this uh she really wants to hear about her really
1: her <laughs> links wow I'm she sorry. doesn't know how to get off of this so i think don't hang up let's just keep this <laughs> uncomfortable now the leave meeting button so i was
2: waiting for my turn okay. were you gonna push out i was and right. she started talking.
0: I'm sorry. Was- I have to close it out appropriately. So mouse and Weens, thank you, everybody. And uh we will talk to you soon. Thank you, mom. Love you.
1: Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> let's see if let's see if she could do it. Red button. Are you gonna do it? <laughs> <laughs> and there she goes.
0: <laughs> she- Zoom back into the ether of Idaho. Hi, Mom!
1: Well, the blinds are finally open, face the outside world again. The frame that held your picture somehow splashed in the heartache. In the pot, I had to piss and rust to catch in the rain. And diamonds don't shine in water. Recruiters, reduce your cost per candidate by about 50% with CareerBuilder. We connect you to qualified, diverse candidates at every stage of the hiring funnel. CareerBuilder Talent Acquisition Suite. Software packed with talent. Visit hiring.careerbuilder.com forward slash recruit.